Okay, well, good evening, everybody. Welcome to Evansville Baptist Church. Good to have you all with us this evening. Does everybody have their favorite hymn ready? Good. Brother Billy is the first one to raise his hand. So what's your hymn, Brother Billy? 398. Okay, let's find out. 398. Let's, this is like a surprise for me. Fill my cup, Lord. That's a good one, Brother Billy. We'll sing the first and the last of 398. Let's stand for the first hymn. We can stand. Is that okay? Let's sing the first and the last of hymn number 398. Fill my cup, Lord. Like the woman at the well, I was seeking for things that could not satisfy. And then I heard my Savior speaking, draw from my well that never shall run dry. Fill my cup, Lord, I lift it up, Lord. Come and quench this thirsting of my soul. Bread of heaven, feed me till I want no more. Fill my cup, fill it up, and make me whole on that last verse. So, my brother, if the things this world gave you leave hungers that won't pass away, my blessed Lord will come and save you. Drop if kneel from him and humbly pray fill my cup lord i lift it up lord come and quench this thirsting of my soul bread of heaven fill me till i want no more fill my cup fill it up and make me home Amen. That's a good one. Everybody, you can, you can go ahead and sit down. Let's have a word of prayer and we'll start the service. Heavenly Father, God, we thank you again for another Sunday night that we can come as a church family and sing praises to you, Lord, and sing some of our favorite hymns, Lord, that we can uh, just open up our hearts to you tonight, Lord. And I pray that you just be with the message tonight, Lord. I pray that you just allow it to be uh, a help and not a hindrance to anybody this evening, but Lord, that it be a help and a blessing and maybe even an encouragement to some this evening. Lord, I pray that you'd be with the singing that we're about to, uh, that we're about to have and maybe some of the testimonies that are uh, that are said this evening, Lord, I pray that they would be to your honor and to your glory, that everything would be uh, according to how you'd want for us to do it, Lord. In your name I pray. Amen. Well, does anybody have a testimony this evening? Anybody want to give God thanks for something this evening? Give him a little bit of praise. Just say, thank you, Lord, for something. Anybody, want to, anybody got a, a praise to give the Lord this evening? Yes. Amen. Amen. Yes. My husband loved guns, but they had to be loaded wherever in the house. Mm. And uh, he even held a gun to me and tried was going to shoot me in front of the neighbors. Mm. I was a terrible person. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Mm. But I thank God he died and I'm alive. God has <laughs> God has kept you safe. Amen. Amen. Yes. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord for that. Well, thank you for that. Uh, does anybody else have their favorite hymn picked out yet? Yes, Miss Gina. 495. 495. We're getting there. We're getting there. I think we sang that one this morning, didn't we? I think so, but that's okay. We'll sing it again. I like that song. Heaven came down. Yeah. That's, it's a wonderful song. Let's sing it again. I don't mind. 
We'll sing the first and the last of 495, Heaven Came Down. What a wonderful day that was, amen? When heaven came down and glory filled my soul. Let's sing the first and the last. Oh, what a wonderful, wonderful day. Today I will never forget. After I'd wandered in darkness away, Jesus, my Savior, I met. Oh, what a wondered, compassionate friend. He met the need of my heart. Shadows dispelling with joy, I am telling. He made all the darkness depart. Heaven came down and glory filled my soul. When at the cross the Savior made me whole. The was washed away and my night was turned to day. Heaven came down and glory filled my soul. On that last verse. Now I have a hope that will surely endure after the passing of time. I have a future in heaven for sure, there in those mansions sublime. And it's because of that wonderful day when at the cross I believed. Riches eternal and blessings supernal from His precious hand I received. Heaven came down and glory filled my soul. When at the cross the Savior made me whole. My sins were washed away and my night was turned to day. Heaven came down and glory filled my soul. How many of y'all are used to singing it with the little extra at the end. The heaven came down then. Yeah, we used to try to sing that back in our church in Canada. So that's why I don't sing it very often because anytime we tried that, it would always be at the very end. Everybody's crackling, their voices are trying to hit the high note. I don't, I don't sing that one anymore. It's enjoyable though. Do we have another testimony? Do we have another thing, anything that somebody wants to give praise to God for this evening? Yes, Miss March. Yes. Amen. Amen. I'll, I'll, I'll let my parents know that you said that. I'm sure they'll be blessed by that. <laughs> Amen. 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 Well, that's what the book was for. 
that's the title of the book that we may be able to comfort. So that's, that's what it's for. And uh, oftentimes the Lord allows us to go through those situations in our lives so that we may be able to be a comfort to somebody else who's gone through something similar. Well, amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you for that. Anybody else have a uh, favorite hymn? A favorite hymn? 479. 479. Oh. <laughs> 479. Let's see what we got here. Onward, Christian soldiers. That's a good one. That's another one of those. Um, they used it in the, in the Civil War, actually, that they'd march along to this song. So another really good one. Uh, so we'll sing this one, the first and the last of 479. Onward, Christian soldiers, marching as to war. Goes right along with our message this morning, right? Being a soldier. Onward, Christian soldiers, marching as to war. With the cross of Jesus going on before. Christ the royal master leads against the foe. Forward into battle, see his banners go. Onward, Christian soldiers, marching as to war. With the cross of Jesus going on before. On that last verse, onward then ye people, join our happy throng. Blend with ours your voices the triumph song. Glory, Lord, and honor unto Christ the King. This through countless ages men and angels sing. Onward, Christian soldiers, marching as to war. With the cross of Jesus going on before. Amen. Imagine singing that one going into battle. Going into battle and um, thinking of it as having the cross of Jesus going in before you and wanting to protect that flag and protect that cross and do whatever it takes to win the battle. Let's, we have time for one more uh, testimony and one more favorite hymn. 331. Okay, 331's going to be the hymn. Do we have one more testimony? Did she steal your song? Yes. Amen. Well, God has, God has given each of us a lot. If we truly look back, if we truly look back through our lives and see all the good that we have, it truly is because of God. Truly. Because I can look back and kind of just like you, I, I kind of, it was before I left home, but I kind of had my little, uh, 
I guess you'd call it my wild and free days, right? I mean, I was saved. I was born again. I knew I was. I knew what I was doing was wrong, but I felt like I wanted to do whatever I wanted to do and went off and had some wild and crazy times. I mean, doing whatever I wanted to do, but then the Lord finally got a hold of me, kind of snatched me by the back of my neck and kind of said, okay, this is where you're supposed to go, and that's why I'm here today. Mm, yeah. Well, I can attest a lot of what I've changed to Mrs. Harris, because, I, I mean, I even when I went to Bible college, I still kind of had some things that I just didn't quite have straight, you know, the type of music I still listen to and, uh, you know, kind of the same type of people that I was spending time with. And uh, Mrs. Harris, when we were dating, we would text a lot, and she would ask me all these things about standards, like all, all these different things, and she asked me about my music. So I've, I was... Um, I guess you could say I was truthful, but so I told her that I listened to Christian music and that's all I listened to. And the day that I told her that, I deleted all of the bad music off of my phone. So I wasn't lying to her. I was being truthful and I never went back and listened to it again. So that's kind of, she kind of got me out of a couple of those ruts that I was in and I can attest a lot of, of kind of who I am today, why I've kind of been on the track that I've been on to, to her. So. So thankful for that. Yes. Well, we remember we heard your testimony when you came, but we never heard Mrs. Harris anything about her. Nothing. She was a goody two shoes. She was a goody two shoes of all goody two shoes. I will tell you that she never had a bad bone in her body. She never got in trouble for anything except for in college. But that was like it not. Wasn't it wasn't bad stuff. Just like like a few like stupid rules. But anyhow. It was, Mrs. Harris is, is absolutely, she can, if you go back and listen to her story about everything, she has been an exemplary person her whole life. But she's also the baby of the family, so she, got a, she that's just, that's one of those things. Oh, go ahead, say, yeah, go ahead, Mrs. Harris. You say, you say what you're going to say. <laughs> she likes what I said. I don't know. I mean, I think it's the truth, but that's the truth that I know. Now it's her turn to tell us the truth. <laughs> Was that pretty much the truth? Um, that's good with me. <laughs> that's good with me. Okay. Well, maybe sometimes, sometime in a late in a ladies' meeting, she'll give her more full testimony with all the nitty gritty and the. No, there's no nitty gritty. I don't think there is. We've after after all the talking that we've done, we've talked a lot about her past. Really, she's been a really good kid. She's just, and you know what though? A lot of people look down on a, on, a, on a testimony like that as if like, oh, well, they really don't have a testimony. No, that's one of the best testimonies that you can have. I have a testimony that I've done some bad things in my life and I wish I didn't have that testimony. I know the Lord has been able to use that testimony to help people, but I wish I didn't have that testimony. She's able to say, well, I don't have a testimony of doing anything wrong. I have a testimony that I've followed the Lord in my whole life. So she does have a, she does have a good testimony, and uh, that's something that I'm grateful for. And she's, she's a good testimony to us. Oh, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Well, she's, her, uh, she was definitely uh, a, uh, I guess you'd call it a straightening of the arrow in my, in my uh, early college days. So she helped me a lot with that. But anyhow. Three. Uh, so we have three thirty-one is our is our next hymn, right? Is that is that what you said? Yes. Three thirty-one. Which one is that? Three 
Room at the Cross for You. What a wonderful, man, we got some good songs. Yes, yes, first and the last of hymn number 331, Room at the Cross for You. The Cross get there. Night is a shelter in which we can hide. We'll get there. We'll get there. Bear with us. The cross upon which Jesus died is a shelter in which we can hide. And it's grace so free. It's sufficient I thought I knew that one. I'm sorry, everybody. I really thought I knew that one. I know the song very well. I mean, I've sung it a million times, but I do not know the, the, the timing for it anymore. I've completely lost it. Let's sing, let's sing the last verse. Let's try it. Let's try and get it. We'll, we'll, we'll get there. The hand of my Savior is strong and the love of my Savior Long. Though sunshine or rain, though loss or in gain, the blood flows from Calv to cleanse every stain. There's room at the cross for you. There's room at the cross for you. There's room at the cross for you. See, I knew I knew that song. It's just, I don't know, Miss Jean and, and Brother Allen back there were, were getting me were getting me laughing. So that's that's not on me. That's not my fault. It's it's not my we fault. Tried to stay. <laughs> Uh, you're right. I, it's, I'm supposed to, I'm supposed to be the level-headed one, but that doesn't always happen. It's Sunday night. I've, it's been a long day. Well, let's get our Bibles out. Let's get let's get let's get this this uh, service back on track. <laughs> oh, First Corinthians chapter nine. Man, if you can't have fun in church and if you can't laugh in church, then then where can you have fun? And man, I mean, I, I'm sure that it wasn't all. Um, uh, I guess you'd call it. Um, have you ever heard that saying, Quakers meeting has begun, no more laughing, no more fun. If you did a crack a smile, I will make you walk a mile. That is not church. That's, that's an old saying. It's, it's, it goes like this, Quakers meeting has begun, no more laughing, no more fun. If you dare to crack a smile, we will make you walk a mile. That's what I, that's what I was always told back when I was younger. Oh, maybe you guys had a chewing gum problem in your school, but that's how I heard it, and that's not how church is supposed to be. 
if we can't have a smile on our face in church, then, uh, then we're, we're coming to church for the wrong reasons. There we go. That's okay. Your pastor sings off key sometimes. I can't be perfect, okay? Well, let's get our Bibles out. Hit 1 Corinthians chapter 9. We'll start in verse number 16. 1 Corinthians 9, verse number 16. I'll wait until everybody gets there. Uh, we're going to look a little bit tonight at a, at a message uh, that I've titled, Run That Ye May Obtain. Run That Ye May Obtain. In 1 Corinthians 9, we'll start in verse 16. It says here, For though I preach the gospel, I have nothing to glory of. For necessity is laid upon me, yea, woe is unto me, if I preach not the gospel. For if I do this thing willingly, I have a reward. But if against my will a dispensation of the gospel is committed unto me, what is my reward then? Verily that when I preach the gospel, I may make the gospel of Christ without charge, that I abuse not my power in the gospel. For though I be a free, or though I be free from all men, yet have I made myself servant to all, that I might gain the more. And unto the Jews I became as a Jew, that I might gain the Jews. To them that are under the law, as under the law, that I might gain them that are under the law. To them that are without the law, as without the law, being not without law to God, but under the law to Christ, that I might gain them that are without law. To the weak I became, became I as weak, that I might gain the weak. I am made all things to all men, that I might by all means save some. And this I do for the gospel's sake, that I might be partaker thereof with you. Know ye not that they which run in a race run all, but one receiveth the prize, so run, that ye may obtain. And every man that striveth for the mastery is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a corruptible crown, but we an incorruptible. I therefore so run, not as uncertainty. So fight I, not as one that beateth the air, but I keep under my body and bring it into subjection, lest that by any means, when I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. The main thought of our, uh, of our message this evening comes from that verse number 24. The very last part of it says, So run that ye may obtain. What might you obtain? It says, if we continue, that we gain an incorruptible crown that we gain a great prize someday, amen? There is a great prize for those who run the race with great dedication and zeal. There's a great prize waiting at the end of that race. Let's pray and we'll get into the message this morning or this evening. Heavenly Father, God, we thank you again for uh, this time, Lord, for this day that we can come together. Lord, thank you for the wonderful morning service that we had, Lord, and, uh, and the message that we heard in the, in the morning service. Lord, I pray that you just bless this message this evening. Lord, I pray that the words that would be heard this evening would not be my words. Lord, but that your words would reign preeminent and reign supreme over this service. Lord, we need you tonight. Lord, if we want to learn anything or gain anything from this message, Lord, then we're going to need you to make yourself very evident this evening. Lord, we need you and we love you. In your name I pray. Amen. So that's what we're looking at this evening. We're looking at that race. We're looking at uh, the fact that we're wanting to run to obtain. Number one I want to look at tonight is that there is a prize for those who serve with willingness. Mrs. Harris is calling me. I left my computer on. If I leave, if I leave my computer on, then it then it rings over there. I apologize. I need to make sure I turn it off. Can you mute you? I apologize. 
Back to, the, back to the message. Number one, we want to look at the fact that there is a prize for those who serve with willingness. We, we see that in verses number 16 and verse number 17. At the very beginning it says, For though I preach the gospel, I have nothing to glory of, for necessity is laid upon me, yea, woe is unto me if I preach not the gospel. For if I do this thing willingly, I have a reward. There must be a willingness. We must be willing to serve. We must be willing to preach the gospel. If you look at a modern workplace, or really any workplace, if you look at a workplace, there's a kind of a couple of groups of people there. And one group of people, and I see this all the time, everywhere that you go, even where I work uh, over at Lordstown Motors, there's a group of people in the group that I work in. There's a group of people that work there and have a great zeal and dedication to what they're doing. And then there's another group that kind of doesn't really care and is kind of just there to gain a paycheck. Now, I don't know what, uh, what part uh, of that I would fall myself into because I wouldn't say that I'm there with great dedication and zeal for the uh, great work of weed whacking over at Lordstown Motors. But I wouldn't say that I'm in there just to get a paycheck. I have a job to do and I do my job. Uh, but there's two groups of people. Now, which group of people do you think is going to do a better job? The ones who have great dedication and great zeal, uh, great uh, willingness to do the job that they're given, or the ones who kind of don't really care about the job and uh, are kind of just there to pick up a paycheck and don't really want to work, which one do you think is going to do a better job? I have an idea in my mind, of course, of who, but uh, you have to make that decision in your mind. Which one do you think would do better? I personally believe that the one who has a great willingness will most likely do better would most likely do a better job, would be more effective, would do better uh, work. If you desire the prize of the high calling of Christ Jesus, then you must serve and work with willingness. There must be a willingness. Number two, there is a prize for those who serve with humbleness. So number one, there must be a willingness. Number two, there must be a humbleness. In Acts 20, verse 19, it says, Serving the Lord with all humility of mind. With all humility of mind. In 1 Peter 5, verse 5, it says, Likewise, ye younger, submit yourselves unto the elder. Yea, all of you be subject one to another, and be clothed with humility. For God resisteth the proud, but giveth grace to the humble. Who do you think gains the prize in that? The humble. The one who is humble. In Colossians 3, I'll read verses 12 through 17. It says here, Put on therefore as the elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercies, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering, forbearing one another and forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. And above all these things, put on charity, which is the bond of perfectness, and let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to the which also ye are called in one body, and be ye thankful. Let the word of God dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another with song, in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And whatsoever ye do, in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by Him. All that we do should be in, in humbleness of mind and meekness, not wanting to make boastful of ourselves in, in all that we do. The one who is truly to receive uh, the great prize at the end of the race that we are on 
is the one who not only serves with a great willingness, a great dedication, a great zeal to the ministry, but also serves with great humbleness. With great humbleness. I love it when people tell me uh, that, well, I'm, I'm more of a background person. I don't, I'm not really, I'd rather just serve and nobody know that I'm serving. That's, that's wonderful humbleness right there. Sometimes God has called you to be uh, maybe in a place of a little bit more leadership or maybe in a higher position. Uh, but when we come to that position with a level of humbleness where we don't really want to have our name up in lights, where we don't really uh, want to have the attention and, the, and everybody looking right at you, then, uh, then that's a great humbleness there. It's one thing that as a pastor I have to have, I have to have great humbleness. It can be very easy for many pastors to get up in front of the pulpit and speak their, uh, speak their opinion or speak what they think in their minds because they're kind of lifted up in pride and thinking, well, what I have to say is more important than what the Bible has to say. It's one thing I do my very best is to have much scripture in my messages as much as I can uh, because I don't want as much of myself in the message. I want as much of God as I can possibly put into the message because it's, uh, I don't want to get myself up there. As the pastor, I guess you, you'd call it a higher position in the church or uh, if nothing else, you'd call it a more uh, out in the open kind of, a, you know, right there. Everybody sees you. But even still, with that kind of a position, there's still great humbleness. If I truly, if I personally truly want to receive the prize at the end of my race, then the ministry that God's called me to do, I must serve with humility. With great humility. Not thinking highly of myself or highly of the position. As a pastor, I'm not, not just supposed to be, uh, you know, kind of the spiritual leader of the church. But as a spiritual leader, I'm also to be a servant. I'm to be a servant. We are to race, or we are to do all these things in order to run the race that we are called to run. If we will serve the Lord with willingness and humbleness, then we will see the prize. Number three, there is a prize for those who take heed to the victor's charge. We're going to read that victor's charge here in just a moment. Uh, but those who take heed to that, we see a great prize. In 2 Timothy chapter 4 and verse number 1, I'll give you a moment to turn there. Uh, we'll read through uh, verses 1 through verse number 8. But this is a charge uh, that is being given to young Timothy. Again, I know we read uh, somewhat of a charge to him this morning. Uh, but I, we see another charge here to young Timothy. This is the victor's charge that if we are to do these things and to follow after these things, then there is a great prize waiting for us at the end of our race. In 1 Timothy chapter 4 and verse number 1. Here it says, I charge thee therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing in his kingdom. Preach the word, be instant in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all longsuffering and doctrine. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lusts shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. And they shall turn away their ears from the truth, and shall be turned unto fables. But watch thou in all things, enduring afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, make full proof of thy ministry. For I am now ready to be offered, and the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought a good fight, I have finished my course, I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord 
the righteous judge shall give me at that day, and not to me only, but unto all them also that love his appearing. If we'll take heed to these words, those words of uh, be instant, in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long-suffering of doctrine. If we will heed to these things, not only if we'll be willing, not only if we'll be humble, but if we'll heed to these things in this passage of Scripture. What a wonderful passage of Scripture this is. If we'll heed to these things, then we will see the wonderful prize at the end of our lives. What does Paul say that he did in his life to receive that great prize, that crown of righteousness at the end of his life. He said, number one, I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. He's done these things, and because of that, he receives that crown of righteousness. I'll read that verse again. It says, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. We talked about it a little bit this morning about being a part of the battleship where the battle is taking place and we've got to fight just as Paul said here that he has fought the fight. He has fought a good fight. He has done his duty. He has finished his course. That doesn't mean uh, that he finished at the top of the bracket. He just means that he finished. You don't have to finish first to finish. It's like a marathon. It's always wonderful to be the first person to cross the marathon, but just to finish the marathon is a wonderful accomplishment. But he says here, yes, I've fought the fight. Yes, I've done what God wants for me to do. I've finished my course. I may not have been number one in finishing my course, but I finished my course. And above all, I have kept the faith. I have kept the faith. I've been dedicated. I have not let this world skew my thinking or move my path. I've kept the faith. I've stayed the course. There's a great prize for those who heed the charge that is given in these verses. And that prize is shown to us in verse number 8. That is that crown of righteousness. We are called to run the race that is set before us. The question is, though, is why are we running the race? Why are we running this race? Are we running it for our own gain, for other people to look at us and say, well, what a wonderful ministry they have. What a wonderful, great thing they're doing for God. Is that why we're running the race? That's not running the race with great humbleness. Or are we running after those things that Paul lays out to us in 1 Corinthians? He lays out uh, that we are to run the race uh, to preach the gospel. We are to run the race to make uh, ourselves and be what others need us to be so that they can see Christ, so that they can obtain. Are we running to reach the prize? Are we dedicated? Are we focused on the prize that is before us? There are many reasons to run the race of this life. Are we running for the right reasons? Are we running with the right focus in mind? Number four, I want to look at the fact that as we run, we must remember those who have gone before us and, and learn from them. I'm sure if you've ever looked at or if you've ever heard of um, or ever you know, watched football or watched a football movie, a lot of times they'll go back and they'll watch tape. They'll go back and they'll watch tape of the others who have played, maybe they played the game before them, maybe have a little bit more experience, or maybe are at a higher level. But what they're doing is they're doing that to learn and to get better. So what we need to do is that as we're running the race, we must remember those who have come before us. 
Those who have run the race before us in Hebrews 12, verse 1, it says, Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which just so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. The Bible is telling us here that we've got so great a cloud of witnesses. We have so many that have come before us that have run that race that are looking down on us now that we can go back and look at them. Maybe it's a father. Maybe it's a grandfather. Maybe it's a preacher that was once in your life that you can look at the race that they've run and maybe take a little bit uh, of their life and, and apply it to your life where maybe uh, they have been able to overcome an obstacle that they were running against and maybe we can take a little bit from them. But we are to remember those who have gone before us and learn from the race that they have run. We can learn a lot from their examples of faithfulness. We can look at Brother Ray and Miss Edie and see their great example of faithfulness, willingness, humility. And number five, and lastly, as we run, keep your eyes on the Lord. As you run, keep your eyes on the Lord. In Hebrews chapter 12, verse number 2, it says, Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is sat down at the right hand of God, or right hand of the throne of God. The great prize is that we may win Christ. That is our great prize, is our home in heaven someday. So I ask again, what are we running for today? Are we running for uh, the great day that one day we get to go up and see our Savior face to face and he either says to us, well done, thou good and faithful servant? Or are we running for the now, for what takes place today, for what's going to happen tomorrow. When we run, as we run, we must keep our eyes focused on our Lord and Savior. We must keep our eyes glued to the prize because if we begin to turn our heads left and right and begin to look at all that surrounds us, we'll get distracted, we'll slow down, we won't be as effective as we once were. Just like a horse, as it's running the race, it has blinders. So it can't see anything around it. It's focused, just like this, on what's going on around, on, on what's going on straight ahead. That's how we are to run our race. We're to run our race with no distractions around us, but instead to keep our eyes and our focus directly on God, directly on Jesus, looking unto Jesus, who's the author and finisher of our faith. He gave up his life for us and says here in this, in this uh, passage of Scripture in Hebrews 12, 2, it says, Who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. God has endured many things for us, and he sits down at the right hand of God and says, Come on, dear child. I can see you're running the race. I can see what you're doing. Follow me. Keep your eyes on me. Don't look on what's beside you. Don't look at, at what's going on around you in the world. If we look at what's going on in the world, 
it'll pull us off course. If you've ever noticed, if you're driving on the highway and you look to a certain direction for too long, you, you begin to start veering that direction, right? Happens to me all the time. I'm looking, I see a beautiful piece of property. I'm like, ooh. Or a, or a dirt bike sitting out in front of somebody's lawn with a for sale sign, ooh. And then all, all of a sudden, I'm almost in the next lane. I'm like, ooh, okay, I can get myself back there. It can be the same thing with our race. The race that's been set before us, it can be so easy. We, we're going on, that, uh, going on that race, going after God, going after the race that God set before us, and ooh, ooh, the devil puts a temptation over here. It turns us to the side, and what happens is we turn, and maybe we don't notice that we're off the track that, the God, that God has put us on. And we're looking to the side, and we, and we start to veer away, and eventually we don't even realize that we're not on the same path anymore, and we just continue in the same direction that we're going. Looking unto Jesus. Through this race that we're on, we must keep focused on Jesus. He is the one who can get us through. He's the one who can help us through. And if we'll take heed to these things that we've talked about this evening, if we will be willing, if we will have that willingness to serve, if we'll be humble in our service, if we'll remember those who have gone before us and keep our eyes on God, we will receive the prize. And we must also remember what uh, the great words that uh, Paul gave to young Timothy about that victor's charge, giving him that charge to keep the faith, run the race, fight the fight, continue. It's not always about finishing first in the race, it's about sometimes it's just about finishing. We just gotta finish. Finish the course. Finish the race. Keep your focus on the one. Keep your focus on Almighty God. Don't let this world distract you from what God wants for you to do. Keep the race and run that ye may obtain. What will you, what will you obtain? The crown of righteousness. That home in heaven someday. In that crown of righteousness that the Lord will look at us when we come up into heaven someday and he'll say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Won't that be a wonderful day when we finally get to look our Savior in the eyes? Don't you want to get up there someday and have him say, you've run your race. Through it all, you've kept the faith. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. You didn't have a lot on this earth, but with what I gave you, you ran that race. Run that you may obtain. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, God, we thank you. Lord, we love you. Lord, thank you for giving us these great men of the past, men and women of the past that we can take heed of, that we can look to for guidance and direction. Lord, maybe some encouragement on the race. Lord, I pray that you'd help each and every one of us, Lord, as we go through this life and as we go through this race called life. Lord, I pray that you'd help each and every one of us to keep our eyes on you. Lord, to keep our focus on you and that we wouldn't let this world distract us. Lord, we need you. We cannot run this race without you. The piano is going to play, and as it does, 
This altar is open. Maybe you just need to come forward tonight and just say, Lord, thank you for this help. Thank you for the help that you've given me as I've run this race. Maybe you just need to come forward today and say, well, Lord, I've gotten off track from the race that I'm supposed to be running. Lord, help me get back on track. Maybe, maybe Maybe you need to come forward today and just say, well, Lord, I've been running the race. I've just not been doing it willingly. Or I haven't been doing it with humbleness. If that's you, maybe you need to just come tonight and just say, thank you, Lord, for keeping me on the straight and narrow, keeping me in the race. The altars are open and you come. Father God, we thank you for the service that we've had tonight, Lord. I pray that you'd, Lord, allow what we've heard tonight, Lord, to just settle in our hearts. Lord, maybe it'd be an encouragement to us to just continue the race, continue to serve, Lord. Lord, I pray that you would just, Lord, do a great work here. Lord, and I pray that you'd help each and every one of us, Lord, to have heard these words tonight, Lord, and maybe to have uh, either gotten some encouragement or maybe just gotten, um, Lord, a little bit of some more, some dedication back. Maybe there's more willingness Lord, help us tonight, Lord, to remember these words. Lord, help us as we go from this place, Lord. Keep us safe. Lord, give us all traveling mercies as we go from this place. Lord, bring us back safely on Wednesday evening, Lord. We need you. We love you. In your name I pray. Amen.